Well, please grab a seat. If you don't know me, my name is Josh, and I'm part of the leadership team here at Beyond. If you're just joining us, you couldn't have picked a better week to be joining us because tonight we are wrapping up our three-part series, which we titled Recharge. And at the start of this series, if you missed it, uh, we said that we were really strategic of where we put the series. We put it deliberately at the back end of the year because this series, we want to unpack or look at the idea of how we can recharge our energy and become energized through the back end of the year because, you know, the 11 months of the year from January to November, life is a challenge. You've got challenge after challenge after challenge. You know, you've got work, work to do, you've got school to do, you've got uni happening, and it's all just kind of going on. And by the time you get to December, you kind of fallen on your feet and you just want to get to the end, but then all of a sudden you've got all this extra baggage, all these other opportunities popping up, and you've got all this stuff that you need to do as well as what you want to do before the end of the year, and it's just all kind of packing in on you and you don't know what to do. And in this series, we just want to add value to you. We want to give you a set of equipment, a few tools that you can take away from this series and apply to your life so that you can recharge your energy on your own so that this season, this holiday season, which is designed to be a season of joy and celebration, stays a season of joy and celebration and not a season of stress and tension. And just to catch you up, part one, we looked at the idea of viewing things in light of the bigger picture viewing our situation, what we're doing in light of what's going around us, looking at viewing it in light of who will be affected by our actions. And we said that when we view things in light of the bigger picture, it gives purpose to the otherwise meaningless details of life. And that's super important because, as we said on part one, if you want to listen to it, it's on our SoundCloud, we said that when we see there's purpose for something, it motivates us and energises us. And we said and we looked at what it meant to understand the big picture and view things in light of the big picture. And we said that the big picture is a combination of three people, you, others, and God. And then last week, if you weren't here, Riley Brown kind of picked up off that idea and looked at everyone here in this room has been given a set of individual skills and talents and we're all geared to achieve something different to the person beside us. And Rai looked at the idea of how each and every one of us may have our flaws, but when we work together, when we unite, we can be energised through the tasks. And he looked at, you do what you, do, you can do and let others do what they can do and let God kind of mix it all together. And tonight, tonight is my favourite part. Tonight we're going to look at the idea of maybe the biggest challenge of the Christmas season, maybe the biggest challenge of life, and it's the challenge of doing what you want to do and doing what you need to do and doing them all at the same time and getting them all done without wearing yourself out. Because life, really, is a combination of two things, what you want to do and what you need to do. You want to go over here, you want, you want to go to coffee, but you, you know that you need to go to work. You want to go hang out with your best friends, but you know that you need to go and have dinner with your family. You want to you do, you want to eat McDonald's for dinner, but you know that you need to eat healthy. You, you want to look great, but you don't want to actually do the exercise. Life is kind of a struggle between what we want to do and what we need to do. We need to pay the bills. We need to work in order to pay the bills. We need to do our washing, but we don't want to do our washing. We want 
to go out. We want to hang out with our friends. We want to do what enjoys us. We want to sit down in front of Netflix and watch all eight episodes of Gilmore Girls. We want to marathon that thing because that's what we want to do, right? But then we've got to find time for what we need to do. And so tonight, I want to look at how we can mix those two together, how we can do what we want to do as well as what we need to do without wearing ourselves out. If you're like me, I've kind of, I've attacked this many different ways. You know, first I go for what I want to do and I just do what I want to do. I want to do, I want to do, and I kind of leave what I need to do at the back end of things and things kind of pull off you know, relationally really well, you know, put things pull off health-wise really well, but then it kind of comes to the financial side of things and like, well, I didn't do what I needed to do, so I ended up in a pickle. And then all of a sudden, you know, things aren't that great. And then so you flip your, flip your way around, well, I'm not going to do what I want to do, I'm just going to do what I need to do. But then you never get around to doing what you want to do. You, you get what you need to do done, you get all the tasks done, you get all the chores done, but then all of a sudden you're just like, well, I never got around to, to watching what I wanted to watch. I never got around to having coffee with my best friend. I never got around to going out to dinner with my family. But I, need, I got done what I needed to do. And there's a third category of people, and these people, I don't know if they sleep, but they just try and do all of it at once. They do try to do what they need and what they want all at once, and they don't get any sleep whatsoever. I think they just douse themselves on coffee. But all they do is somehow they're able to stay up ridiculously late, and we all do this. At the start of the year, we're really good at getting what we want to do and what we need to do done really well, but then all of a sudden we hit week three, and all of a sudden things aren't working out the way we thought. You know, we, we set our alarm for six o'clock, and we were hitting that for three weeks, and then all of a sudden, you know, February comes around, and yeah, look, it's more like 7.25, and then by the time you get to July, like, you're lucky, it's an achievement if you've woken up before midday, because things are just, uh, things are packing up. You, you want to do this, but you have to do this, and it's hard to mix the two. And if you've ever, if you've ever encountered this situation, this kind of I, this challenge, you may have asked this question, or maybe said this sentence. It's like, I just don't have enough time. I just don't have enough time. I want to do this, I need to do this, but I just don't have enough time to do it all. And tonight, I want to look at how we can find the time to do what we want to do as well as what we need to do, and so that we don't, but without wearing ourselves out as well. And to do that, I want to look at um, a story. A story of a guy who was an absolute just genius. He was maybe the Mark Zuckerberg of the uh, first century. He was an absolutely ridiculous man. He was an absolute uh, management-wise perfection. And so, uh, we want to look at the story of Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah, if you don't know, he is an Old Testament character. So that's the first half of the Bible. And he pops up there and he is the cupbearer to the king. And he ends up uh, jumping on um, this kind of project of rebuilding these walls of Jerusalem. And he's the main man. He's the point man in coordinating the rebuilding of these walls. Now, rebuilding these walls wasn't some small feat. It was ridiculous. These walls were so far high, so far long. I can't tell you the measurements, but I know it was ridiculous. And in fact, he had like over 3,000 people working for him on this project. 
And Nehemiah is the one coordinating it all. He's got to find the resources. He's got to find... Um, he's, he's, got, he's got to sort out the tensions between the people who are working. And there was a lot of tensions, believe me, because the people who were working for him weren't getting paid. They were, they were working out of, their own, uh, out of their own pay. So things aren't going bad. Oh, things aren't going well. So he's resolving these tensions. Not on top of that, he's reporting to the king to kind of let him know what's going on. And then with all that kind of stacking up, you know, there are these other towns outside of Jerusalem kind of looking in and seeing that he's rebuilding these walls and they're not happy about it. They aren't happy about it at all and they oppose Nehemiah. They, they, don't, they don't like the idea and they tr- try and stop, like sabotage the re- rebuilding of these walls. And Nehemiah's got to do all this. He's got he's to look after the people. He's got to report to the king. He's got to look after the material side of things. And then on top of that, he's got to manage tensions with the outside communities. He's got this all going on. And this, this kind of process goes on for an extended period of time. And through it all, Nehemiah is able to stay energized. And tonight, you know, I want to just look at this idea of how Nehemiah was able to stay energized through it all. And to do that, I want to jump into chapter 6 of uh, verse 1 of his kind of biography, which is found in the New Testament, or the Old Testament side of the Bible. And it's going to be up on the screen if you want to follow along. And it says this, Sen, Balat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall. So those outside communities, those, those people that didn't like the fact that Nehemiah was building this wall, found out about it and that no gaps remained. Though, not yet, oh, though we had not yet set the doors in the gates. So we're kind of finished, but not finished yet. The, the, we've built the walls, but they haven't put the gates on yet. So they're almost finished, but they're not finished yet. But these outside communities, these these enemies, they want to resolve the tension. So they send a message. So Salabat and Geshem send a message asking me, Nehemiah, to meet them at one of the villages of the plain of Ono. So what's going on here is Nehemiah and the, the people of Jerusalem, they've almost rebuilt this wall. They're, they're not finished yet, but they're almost finished. And these outside communities kind of see they've almost finished it and they want to make peace. They, they want to make sure everything's all good and that Jerusalem and them are sweet. And so they send a message for Nehemiah to come meet them personally to kind of do up an agreement, right? Which looks like a good thing. But Nehemiah thinks differently. He says, and he goes on to say in the next verse, but I realized, Nehemiah realized, they were plotting to harm me. They were plotting to harm him. Which is a bit weird. It's a little bit weird. This, these outside communities, these, uh, these enemies of uh, Jerusalem, want to resolve the tension. They want to patch what the bad blood that they've created. But Nehemiah doesn't think it's a good thing to do it. He reckons it's a bad thing. He says that they were plotting to harm him, which is a little bit weird because it looks like a good thing. But when, what Nehemiah is pointing out here 
isn't talking. He isn't talking about a political harm. He isn't talking about a physical harm, but he's talking about an emotional harm. He's talking about it will hurt him or hurt his energy. It will drain his energy. And here's what he really means when he says they were plotting to harm me. What he what what he says is, or what he's meaning is, what uh, if if I say yes to this, if I go and meet them over here and resolve this tension, it will take me away from finishing rebuilding these walls. And rebuilding these walls is my mission. It's what I set out to do. It's what I value. It's what matters most to me. And if I don't, if I say yes to this and go and meet them over there, I won't be able to do what I'm set here to do. I won't be able to invest time into what matters most to me, rebuilding these walls. I won't be able to look after the community that relies on me in order to fix these walls. I won't be able to report to the king. I won't be able to uh, get the materials together because I'm going to be over here. If I say yes to resolving this tension, I won't be able to say yes to rebuilding the walls. And what Nehemiah is pointing out is, is when we don't invest time into what matters most to us, and when we don't Uh, invest time into what we value, it can leave us feeling stressed, frustrated and exhausted. When we don't invest time, when we don't take the time to address those things which matter most to us, which we value, it can leave us feeling stressed, frustrated and exhausted. To put it another way, the difference between what you value and the life you lead equals the frustration you experience. The difference between the, what you value, what matters most to you, and the time you invest into it equals the frustration you experience. Let me give you a few examples. If you somebody who really values your family, but you never invest time into that relationship, you never go home for dinner, you never hang out with them, you never take the time to make a phone call with them, and so this Christmas is maybe the first time you talk to them all year. You're not going to have that same relationship if you talk to them every week or once a month. Or if you just hang out with them, you, went, you scheduled a time to hang out with them for dinner. And you're not going to have that same relationship if you don't only meet up with them every six months to 12 months, right? And if you're someone who values your family, that's going to leave you a bit frustrated. You're like, oh, why don't I have a relationship with my family? It's because I haven't invested time in it. If you're someone who values your health, you know, you, you want to look physically fit, you want to have that six-pack, you want to have that rocking abs, but you never invest time into developing a six-pack, you never go to the gym, you never invest time to eating healthy, you're going to leave yourself frustrated when you look in the mirror because you've never taken the time to invest into it. If you're someone who values uh, high grades at school or high grades in and had uni, but you never take the time to invest, um, or you never invest time into studying, you never invest time into going to lectures or listening in class, it's going to leave you frustrated when you get that report card, when you get that mark back, because you've never taken the time to invest into it. The difference between what you value and the life you lead, what the time that you invest into it, equals the frustration you experience. And that's what Nehemiah is pointing out here. And when he says they're going to harm him, what he's saying is, if I say yes to helping these guys out over here and resolving this tension, it's 
going to take me away from what matters most to me and investing time into that. And it was going to leave me frustrated, stressed, and exhausted, and ultimately will drain my energy. So Nehemiah sends a message back to him. He responds to their message. And he responds in this way. And it's on verse 3. So I replied by sending this message to them. I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. No, oh, why should I stop working to come and meet with you? I'm doing all this over here. It's what matters most to me. Why should I neglect what matters most to me to go and do this good thing over here if it's going to stop me from investing time into what I believe is best, into what matters most? And he sends this message, and they're not happy with it, so they send the same message to him. Hey, come meet us over here. They send it four times. And each time, Nehemiah gave the same reply. But they uh, oh, he gave the same reply. Yeah, the last bit is just a hash. Um, but every time, they're like, hey, Come, come help us. Come resolve this tension over here. We want things to be good with us. And Nehemiah, every time, weighs it up. He recognizes it's a good thing to go hang out with them. But he also recognizes that if he goes and goes hangs out with them, it will drag him away from what matters most to him. It will stop him from investing time into what he values. And ultimately, it was going to drain his energy. So Nehemiah says, no. No, I can't meet you. No, I can't come and resolve the tension right now. I can do it once I've finished the walls, but I can't do it right now because right now I need to invest time into what matters most right now. So Nehemiah says no. And the reason why Nehemiah says no isn't because, oh, it is because he recognizes he wants to invest time. But some of you are like, well, couldn't he do both? Couldn't he, couldn't he rebuild the walls and hang out with them at the same time? Surely Nehemiah is skilled enough to be able to do both. And the reason why Nehemiah says no and doesn't say yes to both, he recognizes they're both good. The reason why he says no, though, is because he understands what yes really means. So yes isn't a, a three-letter word. It isn't just a three-letter word, but it has so much more power, so much more significance. So yes is when you say yes to anything, it will, uh, when you say yes to anything, there is less of you for something else. When you say yes to any task, any good opportunity, there is less of you to say yes to another good opportunity. There is less of you to say yes to another uh, task. There is less of you to invest time into something else. And we're really good at this when it comes to dinner, when it comes to going over to someone's place for Christmas dinner, you know, we, we go out and we have our entree, we have our, our little, you know, little knickknacks, we have our little olives. Then we get to the main meal and it's a roast and we're, we're, we're absolutely fanging at the bit. And we, we eat down that roast, but we see that there's Christmas pudding. There is Christmas pudding. Grandma's put that together and we know that is the best thing out. So when seconds comes around, when Arnie, Arnie Jan comes out and she's got, she's got that chicken roast for you, and she's like, do you want seconds? You say no. And it's not because, it's not because the chicken roast wasn't good. Chicken roast was great. But you know that grandma's, chicken, uh, grandma's chocolate pudding is so much better. 
And you know, if you eat that chick, if you eat that chicken roast, there's going to be less of your stomach to invest into that chicken put uh, into that chocolate pudding. <laughs> so what do you do? You say no, right? Because you want you want the put, you want the pudding. And then you see your brother, you see your sister. They say yes to seconds, and you're like. Yeah, well, uh, there's more for me. There's more for me because you said yes to the roast. There's less of your stomach for the pudding and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cop out here. I'm going to win because there is more in my stomach for the pudding. When we say yes to anything, there is less of us for something else. And what we need to do is make sure that our yes is worth the less. See, the secret to staying energised this Christmas. And the secret to staying energized in life is good time management. Good time management is one of the keys to staying energized. But good time management, however, isn't about doing more. is isn't about doing what you need or doing everything, but it means you do more of what matters most to you. It doesn't mean you have to wake up at some ridiculous hour in the morning and stay up to 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning and try and do everything you have to do in order to... That's not what good time management is about. Good time management is just about saying yes to what matters most to you, saying no to the things that will drag you away from investing time into that. Because when we say yes to the things that, uh, that will take us away from what, uh, investing time into what matters most of us, will leave us feeling frustrated, stressed and exhausted and we're going to drain our energy so tonight I want to give you something really tangible something you can take away from tonight and begin to implement in your week and for the rest of your life so that you can manage your time in a way that enables you to invest your best into what matters most if you're new here to be on we've got this thing called four Monday and four Monday is pretty much something you can take away and apply from tonight's message. Because we believe there is no point coming to church on Sunday if it doesn't change you or impact you for Monday. And this week's for Monday is simply this, to invest your best into what matters most. Invest your best into what matters most. Now, what do I mean by that? There's really three steps to that. This week, I firstly want you to identify three things which matter most to you. Identify the three things that matter most to you. Could be family, could, could, could be work, could be, could be your profession, could be your kids. Whatever it is, identify the three things which matter most to you. And then once you've identified those three things, I want you to determine how you can invest time into that this week. Determine you know, where, you can, where you can put time into what you value, what matters most to you. Might be going out to dinner with your, with your family this week. Might be going out to uh, coffee with one of your best mates. Could be simply going to uh, the park with your kids this week. I don't know what it looks like, but I want you to determine how you can invest time into those things this week. And then, finally... I want you to put those things, those things that you've determined, on the calendar first. And that's a really clear thing. Put it first. Don't put it second or third or fifth, but put it first and then schedule around them. And the reason why I say first is 
Because a lot of us, what we do is we, we, we kind of leave what matters most to us. We know how to invest time into it, but we kind of leave it to the back end. Once we've got our schedule kind of full, we try and see how we can put in what matters most to us. And look, that's great. And like, I, I love the fact that I, only, I can only say this because I've tried it myself. You know, we want to fit everything we want to do and everything we need to do in the calendar. But if we leave what matters most to us last, we'll end up finding ourselves doing a lot of good things, but not necessarily the best things. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're doing the, what matters most to you. So tonight, I want you to invest your best into what matters most. Identify those three things that matter most to you. Determine how you can invest time into that this week and then put those things on the calendar first. Because at the end of the day, good time management is one of the keys to staying energised this Christmas. And good time management isn't about doing more. It's not about having a great, um, great uh, roster on Google. Uh, but it's all about just investing time into what matters most. And saying yes to what matters most first and saying no, potentially, to a lot of good opportunities because they will drag you away from what matters most. At the end of the day, that's really one of the keys of why Nehemiah was able to stay energised through everything, through his entire role with all these outside pressures going on. But it's only one of the keys. In fact, when Nehemiah finishes this war, he finishes around 50, three months after he starts and this was a massive task. And when he finishes this task, he doesn't accredit to his good time management. Good time management was a part of his success. It was a part of the reason why he was able to stay energised through it all. But it wasn't what he accredits his success to. It's not what he accredits the fact that he was able to stay energised through it all. But he accredits it to something else. Something he says yes to. Because when we say yes or no, or what we say yes to and what we say no to has the potential to change our future. And Nehemiah says yes to something which changes his future and enables him to stay energised through it all. And I want to look at what exactly he says yes to. And it's up on the screen. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished. They finished put their tools down, rang the buzzer, they'd done it. And just 52 days after they had begun, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They'd finished. And they realised this work had been done with the help of good time management. No. They realised that it was done with the help of God. They didn't realise... The reason why Nehemiah was successful wasn't the fact that he was really good at good time management. It was part of his success. But the reason why Nehemiah was able to stay energised through it all was because he said yes to a relationship with Jesus. And he took time to invest in that relationship. And he was able to stay energised through the task because it wasn't just him working on his own. But it was him working with God. It was him working through God, or God working through him, through his tasks, supporting him along the way. So what we say yes to and what we say no to has the potential to change our future. And so when we say yes to a relationship with Jesus, we say yes to a new future. 
And this is what Nehemiah's story is all about. Good time management is a part of his success, but really his success boils down to the fact that he says yes to a relationship with Jesus. And he takes the time to invest in that relationship. And as a result, he says yes to a new future, a new destiny, a new way or a new perspective on life. A future filled with hope, filled with purpose. Not one that drains your energy, one that fulfills you. It's not, one, it's not a future that is a lonely future, but it's a, it's a future filled with those around, oh, people around you, and it's a future filled with God always beside you, God supporting you. So when we say yes to a relationship with Jesus, we say yes to a new future. And what we say yes to and what we say no to has the potential to change a future. And if you're someone here tonight and you want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, maybe you've never encountered, or maybe you've, you're an unchurched person, you've, this is your first time coming to church, and you want to, you want to know that new future, you want to know that new destiny. You want to know a life filled with purpose. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. And you're like, well, I don't know how to say yes. Well, saying yes is really just investing time into that relationship. And one way that you can begin to invest time into that relationship, simply by coming back next week, coming to our Christmas event and hearing all about, or just any Christmas event, but hearing about who Jesus is and hearing about the joy and the hope that's found in his birth and death and resurrection. I'd love to invite you to come along next week. If you're someone who's a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, uh, one way that you can say yes, see, saying yes to a relationship with Jesus is a one-time thing. It's something we do daily, something that we invest into every day. See, when we invest time in our relationship with Jesus, we say yes to a relationship with Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you've, you've already said yes to Jesus once. Another way that you can continue to say yes is by continually investing in that relationship. One way you can do that is uh, on your way out, grab a Bible pack. Grab a Bible pack from one of, one of our Connect people and read your, uh, spend 15 minutes every morning investing time into that relationship. Whether that's reading the Bible, whether that's listening to Christian music, whether that's just praying, spending time to invest into that relationship. When we say yes to relationship with Jesus, we say yes to a new future. Saying yes is really just taking the time to invest. No uh, rhyme intended. As we kind of wrap this up, I want to invite the band up. And I just want to, just want to kind of paint you a picture of what it would look like if you invested your best into what mattered most for the next two weeks as we end this year and we jump into 2017. So I want you to picture what it would feel, how are you going to feel come January 2017, next year, if for the next two to three weeks, as we, as we wrap up this year, if you took the time to say yes to those friendships, those relationships which matter most to you. You took the time to invest in those relationships. You took the time to invest into what matters most to you. And said no to those other things that took you away from investing time into those things. What would it look like to say yes to not just your friends, 
but a relationship with Jesus for the next three weeks. To invest time into that relationship. And it's not just you doing it on your own, but it's you doing it with the support of Jesus. Someone who loves you, cares for you, and has a future for you. What would it look like for you to just invest your best into what matters most? Christmas is a fantastic time, but it can also be a demanding time. And just to ensure this Christmas is a, is a period of time of joy and celebration and not a period, a season of stress and tension, why not try and invest your best into what matters most? We're going to wrap up in prayer and then the band's going to play a few songs and then we're going to head out. And if you want to bow your heads, that'd be great. Dear God, we just thank you. Thank you for tonight. We thank you for this opportunity um, to invest time in our relationship with you. We thank you for the time uh, that you've given us, Lord. We just pray that that you would give us uh, the wisdom to invest our best, use our time wisely, and invest in those relationships, invest into those things which matter most to us. In your name we pray. Amen.